Hello and welcome to episode 12 of Bushby and Thompson's Wrestling Adventure on postwrestling.com and I'm Martin Bushby and joining me as always is Mr. Andrew Thompson. Andrew, how is it going this month? Uh, celebrated a, a birthday last week. Yeah, man. I'm uh I'm I'm getting up there. I'm getting up there. My, 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 <laughs> I'm I'm feeling I'm feeling good though. I had a great birthday. Spent some uh quality time with the family. Had some very, very good food that put put me to sleep very early. Very happy <laughs> about my uh my birthday, man. But uh, of course, always great to be here with you recording Bush B and Thompson's wrestling adventure with the with the GOAT co-host of them all. I said it on Twitter and I'm gonna say it on audio. Martin is the GOAT. But yeah, man, it's great to uh great to be here with you, my man. Oh man, I appreciate it. And obviously, you know, I'm glad you had, had such a great birthday. I mean, it's been a uh, busy weekend, hasn't it? Obviously, you have to cover the news and stuff, seeing Punk returning, all the stuff from SummerSlam and that. It must have been like one of the busiest weekends you've had so far. Yeah, it was definitely uh, a busy weekend. Uh, I covered TakeOver and um, of course I saw SummerSlam. Uh, you know, I, I, my, the, my, my, my win was kind of taken out of SummerSlam when they decided to squash their uh, well-built babyface champion which mm-hmm. you know makes complete no no system you know what Mar- since, since we want to be might as well just go ahead and bring it up I, I i i don't really know why they decided to think that that was a good idea that was horrible like that that bianca Belair is like one of the few talents that they actually built really well despite giving her the same exact opponents every week and she was just over enough to actually continue to uh be popular amongst the audience it seems like and she did a really really good job as a babyface champion when WWE usually doesn't have a clue how to book babyface champions coming out of a big title win. But, you know, they just decided to uh, squash her in 20 seconds. So way to make your, uh, your, 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 one of your top stars uh, look like a chump. There you go. <laughs> well, exactly. And it must be, I mean, us as fans trying to figure out what is going on there. Imagine if you're a wrestler and you're like coming right. in one day and they're like, Oh, we're going to build you up and do this. And then like the day after, like, Actually, Becky's coming back and she's going to smash through you in like 20 seconds. And it must just be like insane trying to be a wrestler, trying to figure out your future and everything in that WWE system. Man, I'm telling you, it definitely is. And then the thing was like, and not to get too much into it, but um, like the, the thing was, I, I didn't have a problem with Becky coming coming in, even in that match and, and winning the title. Because mm-hmm. I, I wasn't expect like as soon as I saw Becky Lynch come out, I was like, She's probably gonna be Bianca for the title, and that's cool. You know what I'm saying? It is what it is. That's cool. Like, but I, I thought that the way that they built Bianca, I felt like the 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 least that should have been done is for them to have like a 20 minute match, 18 minute match. I'm pretty sure they carved out a nice piece of time for uh for Sasha versus Bianca. So uh, you would think the idea uh for 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 however long they knew Sasha was gonna be out, like you would think they carved out a nice piece of time for that match on the show. So you could have spread that out for Becky and Bianca, hard for a match, yada, yada, yada. Or you could have had, um, uh, go ahead and have Bianca squash uh, uh, Carmella, and then you have Becky Lynch come out. And that way you can save the title match for the next pay-per-view and you don't squash your babyface champion like that because I'm pretty sure they're going to go some, uh, wow, the, the, probably the typical route of Bianca, you know, she's angry, yada, yada. yada. I'm like, and, and we're speaking in the character system, I'm like, dude, you just got squashed in 20 seconds. Like, what, what, like, what possibly can you say that's gonna make mm. you believe that you can, in the character sense, beat her. And then the thing is, bro, they nine times out of ten, they probably gonna do the rematch. Like, and it's probably gonna happen like in three weeks or four weeks, whenever the next pay per view is. I think it's extreme rules. And then it's gonna be even worse if they go out there and have a good match because people are gonna be like, why couldn't you just do that at SummerSlam? Or like, it, it was 
they 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 like do they have some of the like wildest uh booking decisions like it it really makes no sense at at all that was like one of the most baffling uh decisions that i've seen them make in a really long time from a, a storyline standpoint oh yeah definitely and you've definitely got one of you know you you few bright sparks in that company and then just block <laughs> it out like that is just ridiculous but i suppose um Enough about that, um, about that travesty, because you were talking about carving out time then, and um, a certain um, Chris Hero carved uh, carved some time out for you, didn't he, recently? Because uh, you know, obviously, we talk on here about you know your great interviews, and you know, a lot of us um, who've been listening to him know you are one of the best out there. But um, it seems uh, Chris Hero took to Twitter this week to uh, to further remind people what a great what a great interview we are. And I'm, I'm going to embarrass you now and read this whole thing out for anybody that missed it. So uh, this is Chris Hero. He's back at Chris Hero on Twitter. Um, he put last month at the gathering here in Charlotte. I uh, hastily agreed to an interview without actually expecting to be able to follow through between meeting and greeting, conducting interviews myself for high spots and finishing last minute research. I didn't I think I'd have time. So just as I'd pack up to leave and leave for my final interview, here comes Andrew Thompson with his mic and camera. He said he only needed eight minutes of my time. I said, sure, and half-jokingly set a timer on my phone. Now I've done plenty of interviews in my day. I can practically guess the questions before they even come. Punk, Kings of Wrestling, NXT, when am I coming back? It's not easy to come up with thought-provoking questions. How can you ask the same thing, but in a different way that elicits an interesting response? I'm not sure exactly when, but I shut that timer off and just let Andrew go. I could see his copious amounts of notes, and I was taken aback by a fresh and spontaneous round of questioning. I'm glad I made time for the interview. I'm glad Andrew persisted. Now do me a favor, give this interview a watch, and while you're at it, give the kid a follow and keep an eye on his career. Big things coming, I'm sure. That was amazing. And then the outpouring of support and love for you on the timeline, Andrew, was absolutely fantastic. I mean, you must have been buzzing reading that. That was um, brilliant praise and, and well-deserved, I think, by Chris Hero. Well-deserved uh, praise from Chris Hero there. I, I, I appreciate you uh, definitely saying that and, and, and bringing that up. Like, I, 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 didn't, I don't think I really had, like, the, uh, the chance to, like, I mean, I, of course, I sat down and, like, really thought about it and stuff like that but it I, like now that you like reread it and stuff like it that that was like a really cool uh thing for Chris to do like I wasn't that expecting that in the slightest like I, I woke up uh probably like at um seven or eight in the morning and then I checked the uh, check my Twitter notifications and I was like I, I, I was like, I hope I didn't say or, or, or do something wrong. I, 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 wrote, I wrote something wrong in the update. I was like, Jesus so you've been Christ. canceled. I was, like, <laughs> I, was like, I was like, come on, bro. I was like, my birthday was yesterday. I was like, what did I do? But, uh, but uh, yeah, man, that 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 was really cool for um for Chris Hero to say. Like, I don't want to get all um super sappy and stuff, but like, we all have those uh you know moments of like self doubt in in anything. Like, it doesn't have to be just journalism or you know podcasting or you know it can be any any field or you know whether you just working you know your day job or your you know but whatever 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 you choose to do in life but we all had those moments of like self-doubt and stuff but sometimes it's always good to have those uh positive um you know comments and stuff that you know kind of put push you forward and, and it, it was really cool to see like so many people that you know that like it, it was even some people that I didn't even know like even you know paid attention to what I did that like said 
all these like super nice things and stuff like that. It was just like an outpouring of support. And that 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 shit made me feel so good, bro. Like I can't I can't even explain how good it made me feel to like see so many people like just come out and like show me love like that. Like close friends, people that, you know, that that I, you know, of course you guys playing close friends and you know, people that I kick it with in, you know, real life and stuff like that. And uh even people complete strangers on the internet that I've never met or talked <laughs> to a day in my life. Just like like just really showing me love and that like i like i know i said it already but that stuff like really really like like a a nice little pat on the back and shot in the arm for like yeah. a better terms it's, it, it it was just it was just so cool to like just go through all those comments man and i made sure to try to go through i, I made sure i did go to everybody and uh respond and say thank you and stuff because you know people ain't got to do that shit bro no, no nobody yeah. gotta go out their way to you know congratulate you or nothing like that so I made sure to respond to everybody that did say something nice. Uh, and if I didn't, I, I promise you, I just I just didn't see it. I promise you. Like if I if I saw it, nine times out of ten, I responded to it. So yeah, man, that 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 made me feel really good. And uh, yeah, thank thank you to Chris because that was very very uh unexpected. And he he shot me a nice DM message um even afterwards after he posted the thread and just told me a uh, happy birthday. So yeah, that 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 really made me feel good. That was a nice little you know. Not nice little kick in the butt, man, and that, that just <laughs> yeah, it it, it 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 just made me feel good. Like I don't really know what else what else to say. Like even um, it's no, no, but it's, it's, it's not... good. It's good though, isn't it? Because obviously, you know, social media can be quite toxic and negative at times. So it was good just reading all that and seeing sort of like the you know the appreciation, you you know, yeah. the work, the hard work you're doing, and and seeing you know everyone being positive behind something. So I think it was a uh, yeah, very well deserved, mate. And it was crazy because um. Well, not well. Yeah, it, it was. I, I started writing for uh for posts two years ago this month. I think I think on the thirty first was when I posted mm-hmm. my first article for for uh for posts because I remember I started on the day of All Out. I think it was a uh, it, it it was that day when All Out and uh Takeover Cardiff. I think it was the same day when they had that uh double show, uh d- double shot of shows and um yeah. So it it that that kind of just you know. Well, I, I kind of was thinking about that, like as I started to, you know, go through all the comments. I was like, damn, like it's been like a cool little um, two years, and I, you know, I started writing in 2017, so it, it's been cool to see how uh, things have progressed over the past four, four years, four or five years, three years, I guess. Um, so yeah, man, I, I appreciate Chris for, um, you know, taking the time out of his day to write that, and I appreciate everybody else who commented and said all those nice things that was that 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 made your boy feel good man i, I feel i felt so bro i don't even know what to say like i i just felt like so happy like yeah. when i read through all those comments like i genuinely like there, there was probably nothing in this world like that day that that anybody or anything could happen that would probably dampen like the way i was feeling that mm-hmm. day it was just like pure happiness like i was walking mm-hmm. around just fat ass smile on my face for no reason like, <laughs> it, like it, it was it, it was ridiculous man but yeah man i appreciate everybody who checked that out y'all y'all, y'all almost brought a brought, brought a good brother to tears man when i was reading all them comments <laughs> i couldn't believe it i was like i ain't even, i ain't even know all these people like me man but yeah that i appreciate it and you know thank everybody uh again for all the nice all, all the nice things no fantastic yeah mate well deserved and uh, obviously go and check andrew's youtube channel and it that's crab bun if you haven't yet but um also this weekend we had the uh the up next game you didn't take part this year i had the they, uh they cheated me 
They cheated me. <laughs> I, I ain't get the invite. <laughs> I had the uh, I had the surprise guest of uh, one Mr. Chris Ely. Even that wasn't enough to get into Nate Milton said because uh, we lost him and Eric Marker <laughs> re- retained the tag titles. Fantastic show as always, though. Davy and Braden, you know, keep topping themselves with these games and uh, the Fire Frank video and all the videos by Dickie Bird, just absolutely fantastic. Man, hey, bro, that? that dude, Dickie Bird Media, he is insanely talented. Oh yeah, insanely. Like I don't know how he does it. Like with the uh the video editing and stuff like that, he is crazy good. Oh yeah, he de- he definitely is. He did some great work for um some of the charity stream that I did, and then just the oh, yeah. continuing stuff that he does for uh for the up next guys, and just those games always always a great evening. I, I love going back and um, sort of like. Uh, Watching them the day after, because obviously way past my bedtime is was one of their main <laughs> events on and stuff. So um, yeah, oh, great job by everyone involved there. I just wanted to give that a quick mention at the start of the show because um, because this this month uh, we're only going back three years, but um, with everything up in the air with NXT, uh, some folks thinking it was going to get shut down, and Nick Khan this week saying that they're <laughs> going to be changing it a lot. You know. We also heard a lot of rumors of, uh, you know, changing what it's going to be about. And, you know, they're going to quit signing indie guys and looking more about getting big guys in who they can train from the bottom up. We, you know, we thought we'd go back over three years to look back at um, one of their best shows, the uh, takeover they held in New Orleans uh, from the Smoothie King Center on the 7th of April 2018. Uh, doesn't seem that long ago, but so much has changed since then. But I, before we get into the show, uh, you know, um, I wanted to... Get your thoughts, Andrew, on sort of like where NXT is headed and the comments that Nick Khan made in his interview with Ariel Dwani. Yeah, so so like me and you was kind of, you know, we, me and you, me and you, Dan, they had a full conversation uh, <laughs> off <laughs> air. But um, yeah, yeah w- as far as Nick Khan comments goes, like uh, even going into it, uh, seeing the preview uh, that Ariel Dwani put out, and that was a great interview, by the way. Mm. Um, and like just just from the stories that you that, that we've heard so far about Nick Khan without hearing him speak. That, that, that's kind of exactly what I was expecting. He's very money motivated. And I don't think that, um, you know, j- j- just seeing j- just seeing the interview, it doesn't seem like the uh, social media backlash as far as like people criticizing the WWE product. Uh, I don't I don't think he really is phased by that. I, I think he's just more so uh, not, not even more so probably just fully concerned with WWE's profits and making sure that the company is as marketable as possible, like even hearing. Um, some of the stuff about the, the 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 certain t-shirts that they sell in certain arenas like they want to make it very local very local so people can like buy more stuff and like they, they, they it, it, it was never anything about the wrestling or the product or the um the storylines he just solely focused on marketing making wwe as much money as possible and you know it, it the, the only wrestling related like but so sort of like main wrestling related thing that he focused on was of course like you mentioned the sort of uh nxt product that area hawani uh questioned him about as far as um you know where the nxt product sits and where it's going and you know he made it abundantly clear that they're going to stray away from signing uh, a lot of top independent talent a lot of independent talent in general and more so just trying to find people from uh you know from from different backgrounds that they play basketball or football or you know whatever it may be and try to bring those people in and build them from the ground up and mold them into that WWE style. Cause you know, it, it did seem like, you know, for a lot of guys, they tried to beat that, um, 
that not let me not use that for they, they try to take away what got them to the dance in the first place and like make them do mm. what you know what the wwe style is and you know me that like we're, we're going to be covering the takeover and this is probably one of nxt's funnest periods if not it's funnest period oh, yeah. like lo- like looking back at it I, well not looking back at it but uh looking where we at now I- i'm kind of glad it's going back to what it was because like like i told you um and th- th- this period of nxt the 2018 2017 this was the alternative to the main roster product which was not always good most of it was not good to be honest with mm-hmm. you uh they had their up moments and a lot of down moments <laughs> but um but yeah like I, but since we have a another alternative mainstream alternative or an, another national televised alternative being all elite wrestling there's no re- really like need for nxt to try to you know because it's like we, we have the other alternative now so it's like i mean it, it wouldn't hurt having more the maria but like now i just feel like uh nxt will have um you, you know that now you can have these people who aren't as well known and you can build them from the ground up i guess and and you know try to get them over and stuff like that and it's i mean i i, I think that's sort of like a, a a cool thing like it's you know fresh faces and stuff like that people we really haven't seen spotlighted that much like i'm seeing um like last night i was watching the show i was covering the show for posts i saw um carmelo hayes who's known as christian casanova on independence like he getting his shine fairly fairly new face on the independence i don't know how long he's been doing it but like we're just hearing his name like 2019 2020 and uh of course this year before he got signed so yeah he's getting a lot of shine you got people like uh odyssey jones i've I've, i don't i've never heard him before but like you can tell he's the type of guy that wwe is looking for um so uh yeah man i i I, kind of it's gonna be interesting to see how things sort of revert back to what they were like when uh like when 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 Seth Rollins was there and Big E was there, like I think that's more the direction it goes. Like I saw people was made, people was clowning about how it's about to go back to the FCW warehouse and all <laughs> and, all, and all that. I, I don't think I don't think that's the I mean the, the jokes are funny of course, but like I don't think that's the way they're gonna go. I think they probably just gonna go back to you. You know what I'm saying? Like when when um yeah the the, the 2013 2012 type NXT before they started going into the uh super independent quote-unquote uh style of uh nxt i was like what would you think man you think it's gonna be a good thing that they sort of stray away from that and or, 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 or like now do we have like a, another alternative that's so that's really providing uh wrestling fans with what they want as far as like you know as far as far as yeah basically as far as what they want i wouldn't say maybe not maybe i don't know i don't know how much you can say anything wwe do is a good thing these days but i do <laughs> i do i do agree with your point about the fact that you know what people were getting out of nxt back in 2018 um is well now what they're getting out of AEW. you know sort of like you know wrestling exciting wrestling sort of like you know these super indie shows and things like that and i feel like now trying to compete with AEW has clearly failed for them yeah. <laughs> it would be pointless it would be pointless sort of continuing down that down that road so it does need a, a shake-up where whether that's going to be a good thing or not it, we'll have to wait and see but in terms of them sort of like trying to compete with AEW in terms of match quality and storylines with NXT, you know, that's obviously been blown out of the water, hasn't it? And we've seen that, you know, with them competing them with them on Wednesday nights and it seems like they've thrown the towel in on that. So, yeah, it does seem that uh, what NXT used to be is now sort of like... It's gone. Fans aren't, yeah? yeah. Oh, definitely, yeah. It's gone. But like, yeah, but when I say like, um, when I say like it's a good thing, I mean in the sense of like, them trying to 
Like, I, I feel like, especially when, uh, when, when, when the, when the head to head first started between, between like AEW just had so much momentum and then like mm. really it, it stifled NXT a lot, man. Like NXT, they, they, they had some weeks where it, it was, it was, it was a good product, but like AEW just had so much momentum and it wasn't even like, it, 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 it was it, it just it just favored AEW a lot of terms and momentum goes and as time went on and then NXT eventually uh moved off of Wednesday nights and you know not, now their product is sort of shifting to you know as we said what it was prior to them signing a lot of top independent talent so I, I think it's gonna be I think it's gonna be good for them to sort of stray away with trying to compete with AEW and just sort of you know, re- revert things slowly, revert things back to how they were prior to the NXT that we all knew before. It like really, really blew up. I think I, I actually think it's going to be a good thing for them when, as as far as they can mix some of the uh, vets that they got down there. Like I think if you if you had to choose anybody that was going to lead you into this new um, this new branch of NXT, you can't mm-hmm. find you probably can't find nobody better than Samoa Joe right now. That's on that roster, that NXT roster. You probably that's probably be the first guy that I would look at to be like, hey, you know, if, if we got to start this whole thing over, then you know, I'm I'm probably gonna choose Joe. So I mean, they, I think there you go with that. But uh, yeah, man, it's gonna it's gonna definitely gonna be interesting to see how uh how things turn out. But AEW they have a shit ton of momentum, especially heading into that uh that Arthur Ashe show that me and you oh, were talking yeah. about, and you know, everybody kind of wink wink hints at uh Brian Danielson probably popping up at that show or popping up mm-hmm. sometime in the next couple of weeks. So. It is very exciting to uh, have AEW. And then, of course, uh, on the uh, 825 show, August 25th show, they're going to have uh, CM Punk making his first Dynamite appearance. I still can't believe they brought this dude out of retirement. So <laughs> that's oh, crazy. It's been, it's been absolutely fantastic, hasn't it? And just seeing, you know, this old people's love for wrestling come back, it's been yeah. brilliant. But um, I suppose we should get into uh, into the show itself, obviously. <laughs> I uh, <laughs> I noted that you know this did take place in New Orleans over WrestleMania 34 weekend. I was in town that weekend. Hey. Did go to take over. Um, I think I did try getting tickets for it. It might have been sold out, or they, you know they were really hard to come by as most takeover events were around that time. I um I opted to go to the ROH Supercard of Honor show, which was the same night that had uh, Cody against Kenny as like the main match on it. Um, tons of other wrestling shows went to that weekend. I remember the Crash was. Fantastic. Red Pro put a show on Joey Ginnell's Spring Break too. What, which what, was, what uh, was it that uh uh PCO's big comeback? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, him against Walter, yeah. The uh, Spring Break <laughs> 2 show. Oh god. Hey, that was like hey. that was definitely a show of two halves. First half was good and then the second half seemed to drag on forever. Yeah. Hey, at hey, four Mark, o'clock Mark, in wasn't, the morning. What wasn't uh 2018 probably one of like the more underrated, but not even underrated. I think just 20, I think just think 2018 was probably one of the best wrestling years like when you really think of some of the matches that took place bro like when you think about uh omega's g1 run like um mm. the, the the bucks versus the golden lovers at that strong style of all show that was probably one of the best tag matches i've ever seen in my life i know they had uh what, what was that match the, the match that, that everybody was talking about with a kid when he first when he first got know i think it was against zach saber jr oh uh, yeah in, in spain yeah yeah it, it was that one uh i remember the, the briscoes versus the bucks at best in the world um it was this one match, uh, Buddy Murphy versus two versus Ali on two hundred five live. I don't know how they like, you know, they that that it, it was ridiculous. I'm not even gonna get it too much into that, but like the fact that two hundred five live had some of the best matches weekly on WWE programming, they mm-hmm. just like completely failed to acknowledge it. It, it was ridiculous. <laughs> and, uh, 
Like I'm talking about they they would like having some of the best matches out of everything on WWE product, and they just like fail to acknowledge that these dudes mm-hmm. over here busting their ass. And um, I it, I saw the um like I I didn't see it until the next year, but Walter and uh you know uh Osprey they had that one at the OTT show mm-hmm. in 2018. That was a that was a good one. Ocean Spray, Will Ocean Spray versus Walter. <laughs> so yeah, uh, so, but 2018 that was a that was oh, a yeah, great, it was a good year. That was a yeah, great it was a good year, weekend, bro. good weekend of wrestling as well. I think uh, a lot of the times these sort of like many weekends, they all seem to like mold into one. But I do remember that one sort of like really standing out, good weekend. Um, I remember Mania being pretty decent that year as well, uh, up until around the sort of like Daniel Bryan tag match, and then it all sort of like went. <laughs> Went downhill from there, but um, I can't recommend New Orleans enough. I don't know if you've been there, but like fantastic city, great people, tons of great food, and and obviously lots of music everywhere. Do you have any sort of like memories of sort of like this show and that whole weekend? Uh, have you have you actually been to a, a WrestleMania weekend? I I don't think I've ever been to a WrestleMania weekend. I, I don't think I've ever been. I I, I really want to go to one. I'm I'm thinking about going to the one uh next year in Dallas. But mm-hmm. I really, I really do want to go to one. Those seem like some of the funnest, like stretch of weekend because it, it seems like you, you probably meet a lot of people or come across a lot of people that you probably see online that you probably communicate oh, yeah. with online, and then you never see these people in person, and then you finally get to do it. So that that seems like probably one of the cooler things about uh going to one of those like really populated uh wrestling events, wrestling weekends. Yeah, definitely. I think because um, Post was in its infancy then as well. I think it only been going a few months. I remember. Bumping into John and Way in New Orleans, they gave me a, a prototype post T-shirt before the store had <laughs> even launched. Still got it today. Um, and even doing research for this, I seem to think this was the takeover was the first time Braden and Davey Portman did a show together. I think Braden hey. had some issues with his other co-host and Davey joined him live from New Orleans to talk the show. And the rest, as they say, is history. It's funny. Um, I, mean, I, that, I might go back and listen to that show, actually. <laughs> Look at that. That's beautiful. Look, look at look and see how things come together, man. Oh yeah, definitely. But um onto the show itself. Um sold out around uh thirteen and a half thousand into the Smoothie King Center, um, which is right next to the Superdome New Orleans. Great for uh just walking around because everything's sort of like in close proximity. Uh, obviously more famously known as the home of the New Orleans Pelicans and uh we open with a video package and uh, WWE continuing their streak of having shit metal bands on their shows. <laughs> as, um, we got, uh, sadly, we got Kane Hill forming here. I mean, I'm a huge metal fan and there's so many good bands out there. But WWE always picked the worst. I mean, I saw these guys support, uh, I think it was Bullet for My Valentine a few years back and they were absolutely atrocious. Tons of rock star cliches. Singer constantly going on about how much, and I quote, pussy and drugs he was doing. Awful. So, uh, <laughs> shall we uh, move on to the commentary? Because uh, for this one, we had Mauro Ronaldo, Nigel McGuinness, and Percy Watson. Uh, so quite different to the one we see these days. I mean, what did you think of the team here, Andrew? Nigel's hit and miss. I think he does an XC UK now, and he's all right. See, I don't mind Mauro. His style is, you know, very bombastic, and he just try and chew on a ton of references in there. But I think fans give him um, a bit too much of a hard time sometimes. Yeah, so for Nigel... I I I really, I really do like uh Nigel as a, as a commentator. He has like very um I, I'm I'm a big fan of like dry humor, bro. Like very uh sarcastic type people. Like I, that that that's just that's just me as an individual. So I I I gravitate towards that style of commentary. Like sort of that um serious but like smart assery type of comment. Like I, I, that's, mm. that's 
because I, I I can relate to that. So like it's, it's just very uh intriguing to me. So I, I do like Nigel as a, as a commentator. I I think he's like doing just uh yeah he's doing just the two hundred five live in NXT UK uh UK stuff now. Got got a spot jacked by Wade Barrett. Bless him. That Brit for a Brit. <laughs> but but uh but Moro um. I, I I do like more more of Ronaldo as a commentator. I understand people they do you know with the whole you know he can be a lot sometimes as far as like shoehorning in like a lot of pop culture references. But I think I think Moro he 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 wants to uh, gravitate his commentary style towards the um the like the 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 younger audience like the nineteen to to twenty one year olds and like try to just basically like throw in stuff that they can that they can hear and be like oh man like oh you know i just saw that on social media two days ago like that's that's just the type of commentator y'all you know everybody got their different different stuff that they like and they don't like but I, so, so, sometimes it, it, it was a little you know it was like all right like okay but uh for, for the most part i did enjoy more as a commentator uh percy percy watson he was uh he was something Percy was <laughs> per, per, Percy was something, but I I think him being there by um by Nigel and being by Moro, it really did help him a lot. Like I remember it was one takeover. I think Nigel couldn't make it. I think he was sick, and it was just Percy and Moro, and it was like a last minute thing, so they couldn't find a third person. And he stayed. I, I can't remember what time. I think it was this exact same year, and he stepped up. I, I remember this vividly. Mm. I, I I thought it was going to be atrocious with just him and Moro without uh Nigel being there to sort of like come in during those dead spot moments. But he he really did step up. So I I I don't I wouldn't say he was like the best commentator, but I think him being there alongside Moro and uh alongside Nigel made him like sort of elevate his game and not be, you know, as bad as people expected it to be. I think um yeah, whatever happened to him? So I think he left the company in 2019, he, didn't he? Yeah, he he was in that. He was he started doing um, films. He started doing movies and stuff. He was he was he played a police officer in this film. Um, I, I I cannot remember what it was called, but I I would have to look it up. But yeah, he he started doing going into acting and stuff like that. But right, yeah, right, I, okay. I think he still has a a relationship with WWE, but it's not anything uh active. No, because he's been out of the company quite a while now, hasn't he? And he had yeah. those stints sort of like doing commentary and things like that. Um. But yeah, I suppose, uh, should we get into the first match? Because um, a ladder match, and I don't think anyone has done as many ladder matches in their history as NXT, <laughs> obviously. I'm very fatigued on ladder matches, but thankfully, this is one of the good ones, isn't it? Because we had um, EC3, Lars Sullivan, a debuting Ricochet, Velveteen Dream, Killian Dane, and Adam Cole. And there's only two people, maybe only one. We'll have to wait and see what happens. Still with WWE at this point, Ricochet and Adam Cole. I know um, I know WWE have missed about on a ton of wrestlers, but Andrew, is Ricochet one of the biggest in terms of how fantastic, how flashy he is? You know, not so great on the mic, but you know, you can, you know, you can hide that up. You know, is he sort of like one of the biggest ones that they missed the boat on? Because I mean, if I if you were to ask me what Ricochet has done since this ladder match, I couldn't tell you. He he really hasn't done shit to be honest with you. Like yeah. he he he's like I I don't get how they miss with somebody like Ricochet, especially like like even on the main roster standards. Like I like you would think that that would be a guy that you would put out there on a weekly basis. Like even if he wasn't going to be your world champion 
you would think Ricochet would consistently be in the U.S. title in a continental title mm-hmm. picture. He would at least won both titles at least twice by now, being as talented as he is. Because he, because like when you really boil it down, he really is one of the best wrestlers they have. But they, they just don't like they, they don't focus on that as far as that main roster product. Like he, he had a great, well, not, well he had a really good run in NXT, I would say. And they presented him in a way that a lot of people thought he should be presented. Like he, I, I really, the thing I liked about Ricochet's NXT run was everybody knows how talented he is in the ring, but they sort of forced him to get on the microphone. And I really like that. And as he flopped most of the times, cause like, I, I, I don't know what it is. It's just never connected on the mic, but I, I really did like in NXT during this period when they made him get on the microphone and they had him do these talk segments. And like I said, most of the time it was a miss and it, and it, and it really wasn't good. Mm. Like the promos, but like, that, that's the only way you, I'm assuming you're going to get better at it is if you get people to shine like Ricochet now, like dude is like on main event, <laughs> like on the, <laughs> on the, on a weekly basis, like just doing like, he, he's having like, uh, I remember he had like a couple months back, he had like a, like a seven match series or something like that with Cedric Alexander. And th- they had like some really good matches. And of course they, I don't think anybody really care because you know, they're on main event, but you know, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, I really don't get how they consistently, you know, have ricochet out there and just like on their roster and that utilize utilize him in anything important i think the last thing of importance he was doing was when he got squashed by brock at the saudi show mm. <laughs> like, that was it. <laughs> oh yeah definitely he definitely feels like an afterthought doesn't he but i suppose um the rest of the guys who uh, moved on um, ec3 is in a roh now and he was yeah, released I- during the covid19 cuts yeah Martin, Martin, i was actually gonna ask you that i was like what, what do you what do you think of like uh EC3 because like I, I see like a lot of mixed reviews on dude like mm. he he's he seen like like I, I so my first glimpse of him was like in TNA and like I really yeah. think he came into his own there like he really did like when he got to NXT it was like you know he's good like I, I I really thought that he would probably be more of a fit for Vince McMahon's vision of professional wrestling as far you know the body guy you know really good on the mic and I don't know what the hell happened but it did not work out in the slightest, but I, I was no, going to like, I was gonna ask you like, what, what is sort of your like general assumption or not, not general assumption, but general thought about EC3. I'm just curious. He, he was really good when he was an impact, especially the stuff he did with uh, Spud Drake Maverick, yeah. he obviously <laughs> really charismatic and things like that. And like you said, it is baffling. So it seems like, you know, you know, he's, he's good on the mic and, you know, he's got a great body and everything. And it just obviously didn't work out for him for whatever reason in WWE. I don't know what he's like behind the scenes. I don't have never heard anything bad said about him in that respect so yeah it's weird that it didn't work out for him but like we noted at the start of the show we are in this weird world where you know it's hard to predict what WWE want because mm-hmm. um he's not the only one who got caught Killian Dane he was released earlier this year Velveteen Dream obviously Man, had the that... allegations of oh, sending yeah that... sending the indecent images to underage boys bro that is like one of the most disappoint like I, 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 I it's, it's, it's weird because I actually saw a tweet about this today I saw somebody tweet about it and they was just like, they can't believe that this is that that's probably like one of the biggest disappointments as far as like seeing uh, a, 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 a talent that has so much uh, momentum, I guess is the right word. And just an individual being Patrick Clark to throw all that away, throw his whole career away. Cause I don't think he, I, th- I think he's legitimately done in professional mm-hmm. wrestling, I don't think there's any way for him to get back. Like he got booked for an independent show. I don't know if you saw it, but he got booked for an independent show a couple of weeks back, and the backlash was ridiculous. I'm talking mm-hmm. about like it. It was it was like it was so bad that the promoter had to uh, cancel 
his appearance. Like, cause the, the so the the people caught wind of the uh the announcement on Twitter and like that they, they flooded the uh the comments and the quote tweets. Like, I I legitimately think he's done and he rightfully should be done. Like, and it, it it's, it's just disappointing to see like that that somebody that had that much uh uh momentum behind them and like literally throw it all away. So I mean, but you, I mean, you 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 get what you ask for in this world. So oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. You have it. Because it's always tricky going back and reviewing these older shows, isn't it? Especially it everything that is. happened with speaking out and obviously what we've just talked about in terms of Velveteen Dream. So it is hard to go back and, and watch some of these shows. Because obviously there's Lars Sullivan as well, who, you know, Dude, he seemingly had massive plans for him, didn't he, due to his size. And obviously it came out that he had made a lot of racist, sexist, homophobic, and a variety of other offensive posts on, yeah. on some, of, uh, on some they, bodybuilding they, they, forum. They, they pushed him regardless. They had a stretch. They had a stretch uh, for a little bit when those uh, when everything came out, and the, the, those weren't even um, you know. The, I think those were just like concrete proof that that everybody had of this dude, and they they continuously pushed him like continuously, and it, it was I, I I I just didn't get how you know people can continuously make like these like racial comments and like dude, I mean we we see it with Hogan, so I mean I don't know why mm-hmm. I was surprised, but. You know, he he made a like it was more than racial. He made homophobic comments, and I I, I wonder how it was because um, I know some of those comments was about some of the talents that were like actively in the locker room that he was in, and yeah. like some of those stuff came out. So I'm pretty sure that wasn't a um you know a pleasant experience for those involved. But yeah, him and uh, Velveteen Dream, like bro, you 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 do stuff in 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 this world, bro, and and it's, it's all gonna come back to you. So like you, I, it, it's just disappointing. For more, more so on the um on on the Velveteen Dream front, the Law Sullivan uh to to just see like so, some of these people man just throw away their entire careers. Like, but I mean, like I said earlier, you get you know you you get what you give in this world. Yeah, definitely. Um, so I suppose onto the match itself because there's tons happening in this one, isn't it? You know, crowds in good form. You know, Ricochet starts the big spots early with like a. A springboard shooting star to the outside onto Lars and Killian. Did you, did, know. you uh, did, did you spot the Britt Baker appearance? The Britt Baker cameo? Oh uh, no, I, did. I I missed that one. It was uh, she. They they caught her on the entrance uh, when Adam Cole did his uh, Bay Bay uh, thing. They, uh, they, 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 they they cut they cut right to Britt Baker. Cut right to her. It, it was I think funny. She, has she not been in the audience a couple of times? Oh yeah, she has. She, she 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 definitely used to uh, come to a lot of uh, his shows. Um, but, but I think she stopped because uh, I remember um, it was at the Takeover New York show when they when Adam Cole and uh, Gargano that they, they went through a um, they went through a table off the off the cage and the camera cut right to Bit Baker like and mm. caught to catch a reaction and when she got backstage to check on Adam Cole, <laughs> Triple H and Stephanie McMahon came up to her and was like apologizing. They was like, "Oh my," because she this at this point she, it, it was known that she was signed with AEW. Right, because mm-hmm. the AEW was a thing, and uh, like um, they came up to her and was like, "Oh my God, we're so sorry." Um, you know, yeah, she and she talked about this on Talk of Jericho, in case anybody wanted to know. But um, yeah, she she it was like, "Oh my God, so sorry, we didn't mean to do that." And she was like, "What are you talking about?" She was like, "Oh, we caught you on camera. You know, we didn't know if you wanted that to happen and, and stuff like that." And Re- Rebecca was like, she basically knew that they they did that on purpose. Like she, you know, come on, like she she's very aware. And they did the exact same thing to her again at uh Takeover Thirty. Uh, they they sat Stephanie McMahon right next to her. Uh, yeah, this, yeah, I remember that <laughs> one. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, man, that like that, that's just one of those uh another one of those weird 
WWE things that did like and they try to act like they didn't oh, yeah. catch her on. But like, come on, they, but they, they knew where she was at. Like, come on. Oh, now. yeah, definitely. Well, it'll be uh, it'll be funny seeing uh, Adam Cole turn up on her show. <laughs> <laughs> Adam Cole in the crowd. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but um, I suppose back to the match and obviously tons of spots in this one. Impossible to go through all of them, but there's a few. So like, you know, we get Lars throwing the ladder into the ring, taking out everyone. You know, he also does the uh, Terry Funk spot, swinging the ladder around his head. Yeah. Everyone teaming up to help Ricochet, Sunset Flip, Lars off the ladder. Adam Cole has a super kick party. Velveteen Dream does a huge sort of like purple rainmaker off the top of um, a Jeff Hardy sized ladder. Jeff, you know, we get EC3. It's a, it's a, a two off the top of the ladder. Tons of insane spots. Ricochet, one of the most insane spots is Ricochet climbs a ladder as a ladder pulled from underneath him. But before he falls midair, he does a moonsault to the outside onto tons of people. I was like, oh my God, I'd even forgotten about half of these things, Andrew. <laughs> yeah, man, like some of the spots in, in this match were absolutely ridiculous. Like it, it was some of them, like it's like so, some of those cringe spots. And, and not, not, uh, when I say cringe, I don't mean like bad. Like it was just like, oh my mm. goodness, I can't believe they just did that. Like, especially the one when um when uh Killian Dane, I think he had Adam Cole um, or it was, it was either Adam Cole or EC3, and he had him like li- he had him lifted up for like a body slam, and then he like fell onto Ricochet through a ladder. I was like, Jesus Christ! Oh man. yeah, and the like, ladder I, snapped in too. Didn't I, didn't I was it? like, was Oh it? my yeah. goodness, man! <laughs> and, and then I remember when EC3 he took the freak accident through a ladder, and like it, it was like his he went like hip first instead of back first, and like you could just see like immediately like the pain that this dude was feeling like I, I don't know if he was just selling it I'm pretty sure he wasn't but like I, like it, it was just very like one of those things it was like one of those cool cringe moments where it was like I can't believe these people are doing this to themselves oh I know and that sort of like cartwheel Death Valley driver onto Adam Cole on a ladder and oh, yeah. it's just so so many wince inducing spots in there and like you said there you know when Killian Dane's like it was it, that Rikishi driver, wasn't it? On Adam Cole yep, through a ladder yep. that already had Ricochet on it, and you're like, and the ladder snaps into, and you're just like, oh my god! I mean, Adam Cole eventually wins this climbing the ladder and retrieving the North American title, but absolutely insane match. I mean, just so many spots, and I, I still found it quite breathtaking, even sort of like three years later, and after we've seen so many more ladder matches and like insane spots since then. Yeah, th- th- this is definitely one of the uh, definitely one of the better ladder matches. That, that I've seen like it, it I think it's very easy for these uh you know for these ladder matches featuring more than two people can to become a cluster and that that happens like very often like you and I'm not to drift too much off but like I just wanted to make, make mention of this I was watching the IWTV 100 show and it was a ladder match that opened the show and I, I was very very impressed at how that ladder match in that confined space did not turn into a cluster like I just wanted to mention that so shout out to those people who were in that match but um yeah, it's very easy for for these type of matches to become a cluster, but they they did a really good job of like letting everybody get their stuff, and it seemed like everybody had some type of high spot in this match. Like, um, I even remember I was listening to an interview that Killian Dane did, and he was talking about how, um, you know, regarding this match, the sort of the focus, although Adam Cole was winning, the focus was to spotlight Ricochet because I think this was Ricochet's first match. Yeah, also in, it was in his it, debut, wasn't it? It was his debut, and what was wasn't it the same thing for EC3 or his first? It was EC3's first takeover, or his first match. It might have been his first takeover. Yeah, his first take, his first takeover. So he he said sort of the focus going in was to spotlight Ricochet and to spotlight EC3, 
and 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 in EC3 not really being a little like more of a moves guy, like this he's you know more character and microphone work and stuff like that. So I, I think they did like a really good job of like spotting uh spotlighting th- those two. And of course, uh Adam Cole came out. I, I, you you it, it was clear as day Adam Cole was the most over person in this match. Like it, it it was it was like ridiculous some of the reactions he was getting. Like and you mentioned it um when he did the whole super kick party thing and then he went for the Adam Cole baby like the, the crowd they they was eating that up man oh yeah oh yeah definitely and it is funny there when you're mentioning that about um Killian Dane saying that about spotlighting Ricochet and stuff because obviously they did want to do that and then as we were talking about earlier you know they spotlighted him for absolutely no reason because he's uh doing fuck all now so that was <laughs> <laughs> absolutely pointless on that one but um Let's go on to the second match, uh, the NXT Women's Title match. We've got Shayna Baszler yeah. against the champion, Ember Moon. Real, real, real quick, Martin, because uh, before this, there was a commercial. And it, it, I just wanted to get your take on this. Uh, before this, they had a commercial. Um, and I this completely scrapped my mind that uh, Reigns and Lesnar at Main in 34. Um, what, like, what, what do you, you kind of think about uh, the dynamic now between Reigns and Lesnar as far as like how they present Reigns and, you know, Lesnar is Lesnar. Like I, I was just wondering. Like I, I know you probably don't uh, pay, pay that much attention to the product to like super, super break it down. But like, what, what do you kind of uh, just think about the, the the dynamic between them two now as opposed to what it was in 2018? Because Reigns was hated in the in the oh, worst yeah. way, in the worst way, and and people, I don't even think people necessarily wanted Lesnar to have the title. They just didn't want Reigns to have it. <laughs> like that, like at oh all. yeah. Because I even remember at the, uh, I'm pretty sure you've seen that clip uh, going around plenty of times when, when Lesnar came through Gorilla after Main and he threw the belt at Vince. Yeah. Yeah. Because he, because he, was uh, like, well, he, the dynamic's totally different now, isn't it? Because they did have that yeah. good match. It was the um, WrestleMania in 31. San Jose. That was yeah. a good main event, weren't it? So going into that show, watching it live, I was really hyped up to watch that one. And then just everyone in my section wasn't paying attention to it whatsoever. <laughs> everyone was just, talking amongst themselves and everyone basically just shitting on it and i was like oh well i can't really concentrate on this match so i watched it again when i got home and i was like yeah i can see why everyone wasn't paying attention to it it was like i don't they just tried doing everything they'd done in the first match and then so many mm-hmm. just it was just a wet fart but i suppose the dynamic between the two of them is completely different you know roman's a different character now isn't he and perhaps they'll lay the match out differently because you don't want it to be a rock lesnar match that we've seen for the past few years the you know german 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 a few f5s win sort of thing we want something a bit different i think if the you know, obviously they'll have a lot of clout, so they'll be able to sort of like do the match they want to do. And I think if they do try doing something different than what we saw at sort of like Mania 34 and that, I think um, it should be a pretty decent match. For sure. Yeah, I, I agree with that 100%. I think the dynamic is going to be, uh, yeah, of course, very different from what it from what it was. I think it's more so the uh, the, the the crowd's hatred of Roman has, uh, mm. ha- has, has more so moved to the character side of it. So it's not, you know, we just tired of seeing this guy's more so, you know, just the character that, you know, in in in, in the sense that you would want in, in professional wrestling, it seems, it seems like. Yeah, that was just, yeah, at, at WrestleMania 34, it was just people were hated him or were just apathetic to him. And I think it's it's different now. So um, I think the pandemic's been been good for Roman Antics. He's been able to get this character over the people watching on TV and then, you know, bringing it back before live crowds. But um Someone who hasn't done so well um, on Raw 
I was yeah, a we, 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 we say that for a lot of people in this damn car. Oh, yeah. But, uh, especially <laughs> Shayna Baszler, because she's uh, in the next matchup against the champion Ember Moon. And um, it's funny because um, looking back and doing some research on this, Baszler had made her uh, NXT debut the year before this show. And um, if I do remember correctly, she was getting a lot of flack um, for just, you know, people, quote unquote, calling her Ronda's friend. And um, Ember Moon had held the title since around November 2017. And um, mm-hmm. Just before we get into the match itself, uh, just looking at these two and their career uh, trajectory, because this was a decent <laughs> match, do you think, like, Ember Moon's a missed opportunity or she never had it in the first place? Because I do remember a, a title reign coming off that big Asuka one they'd had for NXT, sort of, like, not actually being that memorable, or do you think she's someone who, who could have, who had a bag of potential and who wasn't usefully to her potential? So, as far as her NXT run, I, I, I do think that they sit semi or uh, halfway got it right with with ember moon I, I feel like they utilized her far better she was utilized far better in the next seed than, than when she was on the main roster like they like dude I, I i remember she got called up right after this first thing she did she was in a tag match with uh with nia Jax. and like it, it was like um, maybe not too long after that you know she did a couple single stuff you know they do the usual thing that she disappears off tv um then she got drafted to smackdown i think she had one championship match against bailey at that uh summer slam uh i think it was 2019 i want to say so 2019 i think it was mm. uh, she had that match with bailey um and it was okay it wasn't bad and it wasn't good either but um yeah for, for ember moon man like I, I i feel like she is a very very talented wrestler of course her having that she blew out at her achilles so she was gone for a long time so that i mean you know that probably took a lot of a lot of wind out of it but you know she 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 missed most of the pandemic uh portion of wrestling as far as like um you know the closed settings which of course was still in the pandemic but she missed most of the like the empty arena stuff and you know all of that so um I, just, just looking at her wwe run like the main roster was a bust that was mm-hmm. a complete complete miss um, and now she's back in the NXT. So it's like, you know, it seems like they're trying to see if she can find her footing again, you know, stuff like, like that. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, yeah, basically just trying to, you know, re find her footing, I guess. But yeah, the, I, I would say they semi halfway got it right with Ember, the, even the first one in NXT. Like, honestly, I thought that she should, she put, she put, she should have been the one to, uh, to beat Oscar and end her undefeated streak. Cause just at the time, like, Ember had a lot of momentum behind her. And like mm-hmm. a lot of people thought that she, you know, a, a lot of people were behind Amber, and I thought that she could have been the one to, to pull it off. And you know, they didn't pull the trigger on that. And you know, Oscar Oscar ended up losing her streak to uh, to Charlotte Flair at oh, WrestleMania, yeah. and they forever dangled that shit over her head. So there you go, <laughs> there you go on that one. And Shayna Baszler, uh, enough said about what she what she's been doing. Like she, I mean, I'm pretty sure I don't know if you heard that interview that she did with Renee Paquette. No. She did an interview with her, and she was um. You know, talking about how she deals with the uh, the main roster style of booking, and you know, very, very um, uh, an answer that you would expect from somebody who's employed. Like you, yeah. But you're not gonna sit here and like you know, I mean, it was some people do it, but you you're not gonna sit here and like bash the cut. Like she was just very, you know, I gotta work harder. I gotta do this, and you know, she had meetings with Vince and stuff like that, and you know, all all, all that stuff that you would expect. You know, she. You know, you, you you would think if she wasn't uh, under contract, she would probably, you know, have m- more to say or more, just a little bit more to elaborate on. But, you know, it, it wasn't like she went on in 
dumped on the product, but yeah. I, I definitely think Shayna, um, like she she's very talented. Like she has she brings a very different style to the women's division that a lot of uh, talents don't have uh, on, on that raw SmackDown roster, uh, male or female. To be honest with you, when you think about it, like she has a very unique style. So yeah, I, I was uh, I, I think this is this is another case. I'm pretty sure me and you gonna be saying this uh, for for most of these matches. Like they most of these people has solid to good to great uh, NXT runs, and then once they got called up, it went to shit. Oh yeah, definitely. Cause in in this in this match, it's like Moon shows some great fire. You know, trying to sort of like you know starting the match off quickly, and you know trying to avoid uh, Baszler's submissions, and then sort of like Baszler takes control, and you know starts doing a lot of striking and takedowns and stuff. And then Emma Moon even turns it up another notch, you know, trying to show a vicious side attacking Baszler's arm, but eventually it's too much, and Baszler uh, gets con gets control of her with a choke and um she ends up passing out and we have a new women's champion and and obviously so much potential being shown in in these two and i, I thought they had a, a pretty decent match but yeah like you've noted there i think shana baszler would of would, would probably wish she was injured during this uh pandemic era of wrestling because i mean <laughs> the stuff she was doing with the fiend and that and i remember you sending me one clip of you know when oh, she was yeah. being controlled or whatever and that was just absolutely awful wasn't it so going back to this match, I was gonna ask you: Did, did you like? I, did you like the finish to this match? Because I, I really did. Because it was like so simple; like it wasn't like overthought. Like it was just fight and struggle. That's all. Like uh, she had her in the care for the clutch, and Ember tried to get out. She tried, like she tried everything, and mm. she just couldn't. So she just tapped. Like you know what I'm saying? Like, it was like it, it wasn't too much. It was like that was like one of the most simple yet perfect finishes. It was like she just tried to get out. And she tried and she tried to get to the rope and she just couldn't. And, you know, after a while, she just was like, you know what? I, right, I'm, I'm out. And she tapped and there you go. You got a new champion. Like, and Shayna had a really great run as champion. Like it, it, it was, it was a really, really great run that they had her on. Like she was second longest as well behind like, Asuka as well, yes. wasn't it? Yes. It, it was like, yeah. they booked, they booked her strong. Like there was no weak points in her run. And then she ended up getting, uh, she ended up losing the title, I think to, I, I want to say she lost to Kyrie Sane, I believe, and then she got mm-hmm. it back, and then she lost it to Rhea Ripley. So, uh, yeah, Shayna had a really, really solid run in the next team. But yeah, that well, when they had her, <laughs> when they had Alexa Bliss um, controlling her, and and then she she I mean she came in the main roster and she took a chunk out of out of Becky Lynch's neck and bit her. <laughs> Oh no! Oh no! <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness, bro! I know. But but it's it, the bar is crazy, bro. Because people like really try to defend that shit. I'm like, come on now, bro. She, she came <laughs> on TV, bro, and she bit this lady in her neck. Like, what type of shit is that, bro? Like, <laughs> what are you I know trying? that some like, of the supernatural people, stuff has just gone way too far, hasn't it? Bro, bro, people like legitimately try to like defend. They be like, oh well, you know, it's a way to get her notice. I'm like, bro, there are so many different ways. She's a legitimate MMA, MMA star. <laughs> that is a way to get noticed. You know, it worked for Ronda Rousey. Why can't it work for Shayna Baszler? Oh, no, we've got to do this fucking supernatural bullshit with her. Yeah, just <laughs> absolute, absolute crap. But um, I suppose moving on from that, uh, we've got the uh, Dusty Classic final oh. for the NXT tag titles. We get the uh, Undisputed Era, Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly against the Otter Payne against Pete Dunne and 
and Roderick Strong. And um, funny for this one, because we had a little uh, behind-the-scenes clip earlier on in the show, because obviously Bobby Fisher's out injured here, and Cole has to pull double duty. You know, we see him being, you know, worked on by a doctor, and they're like, well, you've got to go out and work this match um, after that grueling ladder match you've had at the start of the night. And obviously, he's got a massive target on his back and and for the start of this match. Everyone knows he's hurt from the first match. You even hear Paul Ellering at one point say, you know, break him in half to the AOP and then they proceed to powerbomb him through a table and Cole is done, you know, for a lot of the match. And similar to the ladder match early, you know, it goes tornado style, all the guys brawling, everyone trying to get the stuff in, done taking people out with the German suplexes, you know, doing his trademark finger snap. We get a lot of big moves being hit with um, pin breakups. But I suppose the big talking point from coming from this match was um, done um, hitting a bit of end and going for the pin and, Roderick Strong stomping on Pete's head um, and then aligning ah, himself times. with good the... Times, uh, good times, <laughs> Warren. Good yeah. Man. I remember that was a big shock at the time, him uh, sort of like aligning himself in Undisputed Era, and they were like pretty much the main faction in NXT uh, following this match, weren't they? Bro, it, 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 was, it was just the right move. It was just the right move because like they, they by pairing Roderick Strong with Undisputed... Well, let, 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 let me... Before I even get to that, we, we we both in agreement. Roderick Strong is like for sure one of the best wrestlers. Like to like legit, I, I would say since of, of like going back to like that's dated to like two thousand and two to like where we are now. I definitely think Roderick Strong is like one of the best, just solely in ring wrestlers out there. Like you can even still say that to this day. And of course, like you you been you guys haven't seen. I caught up on his stuff. The stuff that he did and uh. Ring of Honor and all that good stuff, and when he was on the Independence, and of course in PWG, like Roger Strong is legitimately uh, one of the best out there. But he's never been. Well, when you go to WWE, you gotta, uh, you know, as we've seen, they they like people who can talk people into the building as well, and that 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 that's something that a lot of you know that that's very important to me at least when you you know get getting yourself in you know in these high spots and in, in pro wrestling, you gotta be able to talk as well on top of what you do in the ring. But um, yeah, like I, I think they really help. Uh, Roderick, Roderick, um, sort of, you know, that, that it, it it helped hide the fact that he's not, um, completely there on the mic yet by him being paired with Adam Cole, Bobby Fish, and Kyle O'Reilly. So it's like now you can just have him do what he does best, which is the in ring stuff. And then by association, uh, his words are spoken for him through Adam Cole. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It just it just worked a lot. And even now we see him now with Diamond Man with um Malcolm Bivens, uh, Stokely Hathaway. Like it's it, like Roger Strong, his words are sort of passed along through Stoke, and it's like easy for him to just do his thing now, which is the which is what he does best, the in ring stuff. So it's like I I think they see this this is another case again. Like I don't know what the hell Roger Strong would be doing if he was on the <laughs> if if he was on Raw SmackDown, but like in, in NXT they they no, he's way too small, isn't he? He's they, way too yeah, yeah. small. I did used to like his whole gimmick with the shitty little boots and CWG <laughs> and, and all that stuff. That was that was fantastic work. He he, he started wearing them in uh, <laughs> I, I, I think on TV and a couple of times too. But I, I know this was supposed to be um, it was supposed to be Bobby Fish in this spot. But he I think he he had um he had a real bad knee injury like a month before at a house show in like Indiana or something like that. I'm, I I legitimately remember writing a uh, story about this um when I was covering the news. Uh, I, I was like, damn, Bobby Fish got injured. And, that, and this was doing, this when they were doing the tape and stuff uh, at the time. So I like, you know, you, you would, the spoiler was already out and stuff like that. So when you heard about the injury, it was like, oh, shit, he probably not going to make takeover. And of course he ended up 
uh, not missing it. Um, I ended up missing the show. But yeah, man, this was definitely one of the uh, better heel turns. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I felt like it was the right move, 100%. Like in in a uh, undisputed era, went on to have a uh, a great run as a faction. Probably NXT's, not not even probably. It's definitely NXT's uh, greatest faction that that they've uh, pieced together. Oh yeah, definitely. And I think they sort of like held up the sort of like events for um you know a long time, and sort of like they were yeah. a good. They were a good point to build a lot of the shows around and things like that, weren't they? Obviously, them being involved in a lot of the matches and things like that. Um, but this also yeah. was the uh, last appearance of uh, AOP as they went on to Raw, didn't they? And obviously, treaded the water there for a Big bit. Flop. Where, uh, oh, Big yeah. flop. <laughs> Big Seth flop. Seth Rollins in forces. Hey, hey, being wait. released in 2020. <laughs> Martin, my, 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 uh, this is another, um, another pair, like me and you talked about um, EC3. If there was any team in NXT that I thought would have been perfect for the main roster style, main roster presentation, it would have been AOP. You got two big dudes, legit mm-hmm. MMA experience from one of them, I believe, or, or both of them. Um, you know, they, they I, I wouldn't say they were as polished in the ring, but I'm pretty sure you could work around that. Um, I, I really don't know how they flopped as bad as they did. Like, I I, I remember when they first, uh, when they dropped Paul Ellering, when they first got to the main Ross, I was like, "Who? I, is, is, no more, more, more than likely, uh, you, you know, it's the, the the man who runs the whole the whole joint that that made that decision." But I, I never understood why they thought that dropping Paul Ellering from the act was a good choice, and then they ended up pairing him with uh with with, with Drake Maverick, Spud with I said Spud with uh, uh Rockstar Spud, and um yeah, I remember when he they was at Survivor Series and he shoot pissed himself. Uh, at, oh at the yeah, <laughs> that, like, and, and when he was managing AOP, and and and, and Matt, just, to, just to clarify that, when I say that, uh, he they they gave him one of those um little machines and it, and it malfunctioned, so he had to legit shoot piss himself during that match, and you know AOP by association, that's embarrassing as hell for them. So they like that 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 AOP from the jump, like it was just uh, it was a flop. Like they 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 tried when he was doing the whole um, you know. But when he was, I, th- I think they were like henchmen for somebody. I think what was it, Seth Rollins that they were? Yeah, it was. For? They were like his enforcers, weren't they, for Seth Rollins? Yeah, yeah, I, 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 yeah. So I mean, it was, um, you know, that 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 that's what that was. But if there was any team in this match that I thought would have been, you know, that they would have found some success, it, it would have been, it would have been AOP. But oh you yeah, know, just was like a big sort of like headhunter style tag team yeah, going out there and squashing exactly. people and things like that, and they just didn't get to do any of that stuff, did they? Um, but, what my, what my, are they doing I, now? Is there any news on sort of like plans they've they've got now? So I do you want to so I had actually um I DM'd um a I DM'd Bizarre about an interview and he told me that he wasn't a wrestler anymore. He, so that that's what he said. And then I remember oh, wow. like maybe two months after that, um uh uh Sean Ross over at FIFO, he had reported something along the lines of, you know that they were not active as a team they they sort of transitioned out of wrestling and they were done and stuff like that mm. and uh yeah so like and and then they they came out like like maybe like a couple hours later after that and they was like you know they're not done in the ring and then Paul Ellen has been like tagging NXT in tweets for like the past two months and you right. know they haven't they, they haven't shown up so I don't know if he's just doing that to try to like get somebody's attention or you know, whatever that is. I I think Paul Ellen is still under contract the WWE. I think I think he is, but uh 
I don't really know that. Uh, well, I, I I think the last time I checked, he still was the last uh story I read. He's still in the contract with them. I'm gonna make sure to All double right. check that before we before we move on to the next topic. But yeah, man, like I, it was just um I I think that's what they're doing. I guess they just waiting for the right spot. I guess um you you would you would think WWE like it's been tricky, hasn't it, during sort of like you know trying to you know getting cut during the pandemic and trying to sort of like wade your way through the waters and trying to decide what your next move is during the pandemic when you can't sort of like have all the freedoms that you normally would have isn't it right yeah 100 percent, definitely i definitely think that's uh yeah i definitely think that's the you know that's that's the but yeah basically what you said you really summed it up but yeah paul paul Ellen is still under contract he's still with wwe I, i'm guessing he's still under that uh legends thing that they mm. got but yeah uh that's that's their situation right now but i was gonna ask you I, when I saw Pete Dunn with the uh, the UK title, I immediately thought about um the match that uh Walter and Ilya Dragunov just had at Takeover Thirty Six. They beat the hell out of each other. I don't know if you had a chance to see it. That was a really, oh no, uh, I, I've, I'm so obviously me and Ben will be covering that on a uh, BWE, but I've okay. not had a chance to watch it yet. I'm definitely going to be watching it, and obviously yeah. I've, I've been assured that it's up there with their WXW stuff and the match they had last year. Yeah, so I'm really looking forward to that one. I'm going to savor that. I think. But they 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 beat they beat the hell out of each other. Like it was a really, really, really good match. But it, it blew it blew everything else on that show out of the water. Like mm. legit. Like and they they it was just it, it wasn't even nothing flashy, but they it was just physical. Like yeah, it was just, it was just a really, really, really good watch. Like I think I, it's it's probably it's definitely better than the one that they did uh in October for uh oh, wow on the NXT UK show. I think I think I, I think it was wow, just because the crowd. Yeah, I, I think I think it was just because the crowd, like it, it, like if you strip the crowd away from this one, it probably like go hand hand to hand. But like the crowd being there, man, it, it was just it it just took it to another level. But it, it was just really, really uh, yeah, really, really physical. And uh, of course, of course, before we move on, we we, we can't forget a, a big uh takeover crowd appearance from Dustin Rhodes and and Jeff Jarrett. What? <laughs> <laughs> of course, Jeff Jarrett's there. Where else would he be? Of course, he's Jeff everywhere. <laughs> and then D- Dustin Rhodes, what a year later. Be uh, at double or nothing against Cody Rhodes. Oh yeah, and, and uh, that classic J- match from that year. Yeah, that 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 was a fantastic match. I really enjoyed that. And um, yeah, Jeff Jarrett, man, he's a. Uh, it, it, it's been a lot of. He's got uh, he's lot, got his fingers in every pie. Yeah, I, 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 I was about I was just about to say that it, it seems like a lot of rumors about Jeff Jarrett. I seen I seen some speculation and people thinking Jeff Jarrett about to pop up with a new promotion or something like that. Like I know he did an interview with a. Uh, I mean, he was doing this podcast with Conrad Thompson. Some somebody asked him something about that along the lines of something like uh, uh, so, something else, uh, another venture for him starting back up, and he just laughed and like he didn't say too much about it. So I was like, you know, Je- Je- Jeff Jarrett always got some up his sleeve, man. Oh, what a worker! What a worker, isn't he, old <laughs> Jeff. You know, he laughs it off, but he'll, he'll have he'll have plenty of stuff going in the background. Yeah. <laughs> But um, yeah, onto the uh, onto the next match because obviously we had the uh, NXT title match between uh, Andrade and Almas against Alistair Black, and um, it's funny going back and, and watching this because um, I think Almas had been treading water quite a bit in NXT, but obviously the introduction mm-hmm. of Zelina Vega as his manager gave him a massive shot in the arm, and obviously he beat Drew McIntyre for the title in November 2017, and then obviously. Had that banger with Gargano at Takeover Philadelphia in January of that year. So <laughs> after a rough start, I remember everyone talking at the time going, oh my God, what are they doing with La Sombra sort of thing? And then after a rough start to his NXT career, he really caught fire around this time, didn't he? Bro, I, I, I don't, I mean, I, I, like, like you mentioned, you did just give uh, Delina Vega her credit because I, I, I really think that she took that, um, 
on screen act to the next level. Mm. And she allowed again, like that same thing we talked about with Roderick Strong. Like she allowed Andrade to just solely focus on the in-ring stuff. Like, of course, there were moments where he spoke and it was like, you know, very short and sweet, say what he had to say, got it out the way. But she did like the uh the majority of the speaking on behalf of him. And like they they really clicked really well. I feel like that was a good presentation that they had. Again, an- another one of these acts, Martin, that when they got called up, <laughs> it, it, it did not work out in the slightest. But in the next T, like Andrade, like he 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 was doing like some like I, I don't know what the hell he was doing like prior to uh Zelina per Zelina um uh before the pairing with him and Zelina Vega, they were like he, he, I mean he he was like having some you know good matches, but it was just like he was just another guy on the yeah. roster. And then once he got paired with Zelina Vega, that's when things went up to the next level. So, yeah, man, especially this 2018 that he had, that, that match that he had with Gargano, that, I'm not even going to lie to you, but that is legitimately one of the best professional wrestling matches that I've ever seen. Like, that was mm-hmm. crazy, crazy good. And, um, yeah, man, it was, it, it, it's, it's, it's always interesting, like, when look back and looking back on some of these uh, old NXT shows or, or, you know, NXT shows from several years ago and just seeing how different things are. And like oh, thinking yeah. about some of these people's runs on Raw and SmackDown and how bad they were, and then seeing in NXT and how they were used well to good or made over some uh great, and it, it's it, it's it's ridiculous, bro. To be honest with you, yeah, and I do I I completely agree with sort of like you know Vega getting a lot of credit for this, um, you know, helping get Andrade over so much because I'm not usually a big fan of sort of like managers constantly interfering in matches, but they played mm-hmm. it to perfection, especially in this one because. Their interference, you know, leading up to the match and, you know, in his tile defences and that had helped him so much. And they sort of flipped it on its head, didn't they, in this match with Alistair Black because it ended up, you know, going going the other way because her interference and ended up being the the reason he lost, you know, after successfully helping him so many yeah. times during the run. Yeah. I did like how they um, flipped that on on the, on its head in this match. Yeah, the, uh, the finish of this match was uh, really good when I think she, she came off the uh, crossbody Andrade ended up catching her as soon as he turned around, hit him with the black mask. That that was and, and, and it was um, a really good finish, yeah. Yeah. And and the, the, the cool thing about it was like if I remember correctly, like on the build up to it, like it, matter of fact, not even the build up, just the duration of the uh Alistair Black character in NXT. This dude never had a, never smiled, never any comedic anything. This was probably like the first. This definitely was. I remember I was talking about this on a pod. I don't know how I remember this, but this is. Um, I remember I was talking about this on a podcast a couple of years back, and somebody had mentioned it and was like, "Um, this is probably the first time that the Alistair Black character had shown anything resemblance mm. of happiness." <laughs> and when he <laughs> held up the NXT title, and that was just a cool, a cool little, uh, cool little moment right there for him. But yeah, the another one, Martin. He went. He went up to the. Uh, SmackDown and Raw and you know just you know it, it, it was either some you know mid-car feud or nothing the dude got released uh, a couple weeks before he got brought back to TV which was which was some and then now he's in AEW and he feels like well he had, he had all these great ideas that Vince Love done yeah. too but yeah <laughs> I remember that. I saw people clowning them on, uh, on, Twitter, <laughs> on, on Twitter, Twitter and stuff like that. Like when I, when I see stuff like that, I, I all the first thing that comes to my mind, I'm, I'm pretty sure you're probably thinking it as well. They don't want to burn a bridge all the way. 
Like that, that's probably that's probably like the first thing that was probably coming to my head when I saw some of those. I was oh, like, yeah. bro, come on now. Like the like we, we were doing we, it a we, bit too much though, weren't yeah. it? It was like yeah. non-stop, like, oh well, I had this other brilliant idea that Vince loved. <laughs> he was like, yeah. loved them all so much that he released you. Well, anyway, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but but yeah, but he's it's, he's, it's in, with... he's in and I was gonna say he, he's in AEW now and he feels like a bigger deal than he mm. did in the last three or four years. Oh yeah. And how many appearances he made? Like what four? Like four. And he already feels like a, a bigger deal than he's ever felt in WWE. I don't know. Although he's, you know, saying that though in NXT, you know, like you know, a day he was good and they kept him strong and they leading into this match that he won and won the NXT title. And you know, it was they did a really good job with him, especially you know, um, matching him up against sort of like Velveteen Dream for they did for their few because obviously they were two sides of a completely different coin, you know, in being yeah. sort of like dark and mysterious and Velveteen Dream being, you know, quite flamboyant. And um, it's funny thinking about it now because it was, this was the natural progression of sort of like Andrade and Zelina. And we're like, oh, they cannot fail on the main right, roster, man. you know, oh once they get called. Bro. There was so, it seemed <laughs> like there was so much promise. We were like, this is an act that's going to get over huge on Raw or SmackDown. And then we are where we are today. Here we are where we are. I'm telling you, like we, you, you said, you, you hit it right on the head. Like that, that, that was, um, like that, that was like literally the genuine, the, the, the general like uh, idea that most people had. They was like, "There's no way they can mm-hmm. mess this up." Like it's, it's so simple. Like it, uh, the people, a lot of people thought he would at least be intercontinental champion, U.S. champion. You know, within months of him, uh, getting on the, um, you know, the, the, the main roster, and once again. Same thing happened with mm-hmm. most of these NXT talents who get handed ready-made and they flop them. Like, and, and me and you were kind of talking about it with Adam Cole as far as his decision goes. Like, um, uh, both both uh, 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 PW Insider and Fightful have reported that Adam Cole will be a free agent uh, at the end of this week. Um, if I'm him, Martin, like, I'm pretty sure you probably said the same thing. This is like the easiest decision, like, as far as like choosing between mm-hmm. going elsewhere or going to uh, under Vince McMahon's main roster. Oh yeah, definitely. But it's it's going to be interesting to see what he does do. Because obviously, he didn't he sign some kind of extension, and you know, and it, and it just seems like a ready-made deal that all his friends are in AEW, and you know, his girlfriends there, and things like that. But you you never know in wrestling, do you? you know, he yeah. might uh, he might surprise us all. But um, I mean, do you want to get did, into uh, the main of? Sorry, yeah, and I, I was I was going to ask you like just to follow up on that. Do, do you think there's any any chance Adam Cole will find a uh? <laughs> So some success on on if he were to go to a Raw or SmackDown, I I I really don't think it's going like bro, like even we can even look at look at Finn Balor, bro. He has become a complete afterthought. Like mm. he he was supposed to uh they had, they had set up the whole thing. I don't know if you saw it, but they had set up the whole thing where he was going to challenge Roman Reigns for the Universal Title at SummerSlam, and then he got attacked. And then, <laughs> and, and then John Cena came in and signed the contract that had Balor's name on it, and he ended up getting the match. And then Balor had uh, a match the next week on SmackDown with uh, with Baron Corbin. And then I don't think he's been on TV since. So it, like it's ridiculous, <laughs> isn't it? I mean, I always think, especially when you're talking about people like Adam Cole and that, and you've got to think. Are they going to match them up against the Roman Reigns or a Brock Lesnar without yeah, being squashed? No way. <laughs> No way are they having Adam Cole. I mean, there's already a lot of jokes about his height, and in PWG, there used to be a lot of jokes about his weight as well. So, like, you know, there's there ain't no way that he's going to be put right. in a program with with anybody that they consider to be a big star. So, yeah, you know, it'd be best for, for him. The league. Uh, yeah. For the us, league, as a yeah. viewing public for him to be, you know, AEW bound. 
But but is Adam Cole like in his early thirties too? Mm, he might, yeah, he might just be that. Yeah, I don't think he's too old, is he? Yeah, that I, I, he, I mean, he got time, but like I I definitely think like if you move, you know what I'm saying? Like I I just think it's best for him to just go to AEW. Like if that's that that seems like the obvious destination for him. Like I I, I just don't see any upside. He's 32. I I don't see any upside to him staying at W. Like dude, he had a, he had a great run in NXT. He really oh, did. Yeah. Like, yeah, like mm-hmm. any, anybody that would come out here and say he had a bad run in X. Like, Adam Cole probably had probably, you, you, I, you can make an argument for him having probably one of the greatest NXT runs. Like, he legitimately did everything. Like, there was nothing he didn't do as far as, like, being involved in, in most of the stuff. He never get hurt. Like, he was always durable. He was, you know, he, he did everything. So, um, as far as, as far as was next for him, like, it, this seems like the most easy, easy decision. Like, you, you could even look at some of the recent examples of talents that got called up to Raw Smack. Like, just, just don't do it, bro. Just go. Yeah. Just go. <laughs> now, speaking of two guys who were very synonymous with sort of like NXT and NXT ah, main events. Here we go. Probably this, done, this is the good conversation right here. Here we go. <laughs> yeah, who've probably done everything you can do in NXT, but I suppose them two wouldn't want it any other way than to just stick around <laughs> in NXT for the rest of their careers. I've been mean, seeing what happens when you go to yeah. the main roster. We've got the uh, unsanctioned match between Tommaso Ciampa and Johnny Gargano. And I mean, obviously, you know, a lot of fans have been switched off by this sort of like main event staring at your hands yeah. and spamming the finishes and stuff. <laughs> but even watching this one at the time and look, going back now, they did such a brilliant job building this one up with the story, yeah. you know, Garg- you know, Champa being out so long and then coming back and being a massive piece of shit against, you know, this <laughs> great baby face of Gargano and such a brilliant storyline leading into this one. And, you know, and such a fantastic match as well. You know, Gargano, I thought was excellent here as the baby face in this isolated match on its own, you know, great work by both of them. I thought Champa played, you know, the ruthless bastard to perfection. And honestly, I was worried when, you know, when we picked this show, going back and watching this one, because I remember having fond memories of this and thinking, oh, will it be solid from, you know, what's what's come since? But no, still really enjoyed this one. Uh, fantastic match still. Yeah, th- th- this really was a great match between um, Gargano and Champ. But like, like you said, like um, the, the the story building up to it, uh, you know, it was, it, it was, it, it was a, well, matter of fact, I, I think it was something that, they partially crafted and then the other half they sort of walked into. And the only reason I say that is because like, and, and this is kind of the, the interesting conversation I, I did want to have with you is well. I want to get your thoughts on as far as like the, uh, the, the, the trilogy of matches that Gargano and Champa had that a lot of people really aren't fans of. Um, and and the, outside of this one, uh, the, the other ones were kind of, you know, they were okay to good, you know, some people think really good, but I think they were okay to good as far as the other ones go. This one was bar none, the the best, the best that yeah. the, the best that they done. Um, like when I look back at it, um, I, I really think this feud was supposed to end way quicker than the timeline, the two mm-hmm. year story, three year story, because actually, because they they uh, Gargano turned on Champa at takeover uh portland in 2020 so you look at basically a three-year story between or, or yeah three and a half two and a half year or three-year story with gargano and champa like i think it was supposed to end way quicker than it did and i felt like mm-hmm. nxt or the powers that be you know powers that be in nxt they 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 were just persistent in having this thing continue because i remember uh i'm pretty sure we, we, we all remember we saw it in the video package when this uh before the match aired 
uh, uh, Champa tore his ACL at TakeOver Chicago. I don't know how the hell he got through that match anyway, but he tore his ACL in that match, and then he turned to Gargano. And then he came back at eight, he came back in 2018 at the after the match with Almas. Uh, they had the feud there, and then uh, they, they had the three matches, and then they were supposed to have an NXT title match at Takeover New York, and then Champa had neck surgery, and then it got delayed again, and then that's when he turned on him at the Takeover Portland the next year when he I, I guess when he had his uh when Adam Cole was feuding with Adam Cole, I mean when um yeah when Champa was feuding with Adam Cole I just got completely uh i know that's probably sound like a clusterfuck to people listening right now but yeah Ch- basically champa kept getting injured that's what i'm trying to say and like it seemed like this few kept getting delayed and delayed and delayed and like they, yeah they, they, they were just so persistent in trying to see this thing through and like sometimes mm-hmm. bro you just got to be like ah eh, you know let, let, let's, yeah. let's put on the back burner for now but they you know as we saw they were just very persistent and keep telling this story and a lot of people thought after um because because they had this match the unsanctioned match and they had the street fight and then they had the three stages of hell match, right? Mm. And then uh, I, I think they had the three stages of hell match at the the summer takeover, the August takeover of 2018. But yeah, they they they. I think a lot of people thought that it should have ended there, and I think the same thing. I think it should have ended right there, but like they eventually re- revisited again. But like, yeah, man, it, it was just like they 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 were just so persistent in seeing this thing all the way through and that, i mean what, what you it's obvious that those, those are their two guys and, and it was a hot feud at the time as far as like this april period and this january from april to 2018 period but yeah I, I definitely see uh both sides of the argument like it definitely did drag longer than it needed to like a, a, a three-year feud is um that's something <laughs> oh yeah and I, and I think the thing is, it was like, you know, they got such a brilliant, you know, I don't want to take too much away from this match because it is still, it is still oh, a, yeah, good it's match, a It's a think, great match, yeah. They got so much, you know, acclaim and everything based around this match. And it was just like, you know, oh, well, we need to make it even more epic and more epic and more epic. And they just <laughs> didn't need to, you know what I mean? The reason people love this match so much because it was, you know, it was a bit epic, but they didn't go too overboard with everything. And then it just seemed like, you know, the law of diminishing returns that... You know, they had to keep, you know, you know, the kick outs and, and stuff like that and, and the looking at the hands and things like that. And it just and they just took it too far, didn't they? I think. Like uh, I was thinking about um <laughs> I saw uh I, I think <laughs> I'm sorry, but I think it was um I think it was WH. <laughs> I had I had saw <laughs> I, I saw WH. She um, it, it was a clip that, that somebody posted. Um, uh, uh, Damian Priest, and uh, it was from last year. It was from like I think the summer of last year. <laughs> it, was, it was it was from it was from last year, bro. And it was Damian Priest and uh against against Keith Lee. And and before before we get to this. Uh, big, big shout out to Keith Lee Martin. I don't know if you had a chance to see the video when he explained why he was all TV. Uh, no, I haven't watched it now. Yeah, man, he um, do he 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 when he been been going through a lot. He had a he he had a lot of heart issues. Time out here, time out here, Andrew. We'll get to that. What was this thing that oh, WH oh, 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 my, my, you my, were just laughing your head off? because my my bad. Because I, I I wanted I wanted to mention that before I got into the thing because I didn't want people oh, to think right. I was laughing at you know at, at that. No, but no, I, I don't think yeah. anybody does now. But, but um, but yeah, the, 
the, the thing WH was, uh, <laughs> so it was Keith Lee and Damian Priest, right? And they were having a match. And it, it was similar to the thing where you were talking about the whole looking at the hands, like overly dramatic thing. And uh, <laughs> Priest tried to like chop Keith Lee and he, and he gra- Keith Lee grabbed his hand and he got up. He was like, <laughs> he was like, I am limitless. And then <laughs> I, I forgot exactly what WA said, bro. But when I say I'm talking about, I cackled so damn hard at <laughs> his response to, to this tweet. And I, like when you said that, I was just thinking about like some of the, like the dramatic stuff that NXT yeah, is done. Yeah. But bro, like it's I, like that, that, that's the, that stuff just made me laugh, bro. I, it, it's hilarious. But um, yeah, going back to Keith Lee, just a quick mention, he, he had like a lot of heart issues. He had COVID. And it was talking. He was talking about how it came to a point where, um, you know, he, he legitimately thought that there was a chance where, you know, he might, you know, unfortunately pass away. Like that was his own words. Like he thought that, you know, that was probably going to be an end result. And it was like it, it, it got it got really bad for him, man. Like it got really, really, really bad. And you know, he he made it through. And Mia Yim, who is is um also a you know, everybody knows me. He was a rest. I was, I was gonna say, it's, it's significant other. Um, she missed out. She skipped out on um on the Royal Rumble. They had a spot for, her, and she right. skipped out to take care of Keith Lee. And then she ended up getting COVID. But you know, she, you know, it wasn't as um, it, it didn't affect her uh as badly as it as it did Damn. him. And on on top of him having, uh, he had some issues as well. Like you know, I mentioned he had the heart issues and or a lung issue. And it, they like he like from his own words, it got really really dark, man. And it, you know, it it, it was it was it was looking rough for Keith for a long time, but yeah, he he made it through, man, and he back. So yeah, big big ups to Keith Lee, man. I'm pretty sure oh, you yeah. know it's, um you know that that's probably some real scary shit to go through. And he oh, you know he 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 back on you know doing dark matches and stuff. So I'm, I'm guessing that's just more so of a thing, of him trying to find his footing again after being out of the ring for so mm-hmm. long. And you know. Yeah, not, and hopefully not they're looking after him during this yeah, like dark period sure. in his life as well. For, yeah, for, for sure. Like he 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 mentioned that he was like um the the company they caught some they 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 saw like some some in his blood work and like immediately when they saw that they was like you gotta stop like you gotta you gotta take off and you know they got him checked out and he was able to you know catch whatever was wrong with him um early uh and you know they they got it taken care of and he you know fought his way through it so yeah. Big, big, big ups to them for that day. You know, that's um, you know, that that's big right there. Cause I'm pretty sure if this was twenty some years ago, thirty years ago, like it'd have been a completely different story. Oh, you know, yeah. they probably would just kept going through it, and you know, you never know what could have happened. But yeah, man, I'm 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 happy for Keith Lee. But yeah, like uh, what what I was saying earlier about the um about about what you were saying uh, <laughs> the the dramatics uh, of NXT sometimes, bro. They they are genuinely hilarious and in in a, in a bad way. Oh yeah, definitely. Um. I suppose just to sort of like wrap the show up, sort of like what any sort of like final thoughts on on this on this time period on on where we at with the uh, NXT NXT these days. Uh, more, more so NXT these days, like we, you know, we kind of me and you kind of touched on it uh mm. earlier. Like it's more so of a, just a thing. Like it's gonna be you know going back to what it was uh, pre them trying to turn it to a, a super independent promotion. So uh. Yeah, it's like I'm. I'm. I'm curious to see uh, how it turns out once the uh, once they get back to live shows. Like they taped in bulk uh, recently. I think they did like two or three shows, maybe because I know they go back live on USA on the 14th of September. So I guess that's what that's when we'll see the 
revamped uh, NXT. So it's going. I'm, I'm curious to see what that even looks like presentation wise, or you know how they go going forward. So uh, yeah, th- this was uh, this was a fun period of NXT, Martin, and it was fun while it lasted. Oh uh, yeah, I t- I completely agree. It's a nice sort of like as much as it's not that long ago, only sort of like just over three years. It's a nice sort of like snapshot of this period, just as a. You know, AEW was on the horizon, sort of thing, and and NXT was firing on all cylinders. And you know, you know, they had a great roster of talent. And you know, it wasn't to last, was it? Because obviously, you know, things in WWE go, you know, plans change and everything like that. But it was good back, good going back and watching when sort of like NXT was like this really hot product, and we had sort of like these great matches on on every show. And you know, nothing lasts forever, does it? And especially now, sort of like AEW still on all the thunder that they had, you know. But yeah. great going back and uh, and reviewing this event. But um, you mentioned you sort of like interviews at the at the top of the show. Um, have you uh, other than the Chris Hero one? What else have uh, you been putting out there recently? Yes, I had an interview uh, with Mr. Hughes, who everybody knows is uh, who also known as Curtis Hughes. He spent time in uh in 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 the WWE slash F legend uh, back yeah one of the one of the legends. He trained uh Kier Hogan. He trained um Apollo Cruz. Um, he he, tra- he handed over the WWA four school um to to AR Fox over in uh, in Georgia. So yeah, he 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 has a very 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 story career. I interviewed Savannah Evans, and I was able to get the scoop about mm-hmm. her impact wrestling debut which is very cool i put that interview out like the day before uh no the, i put that interview out a week after she uh a week after her her debut aired on uh on impact's uh weekly program and so yeah that was cool to speak to her and uh of course the uh chris hero interview um and then i interviewed john schuyler who also um debuted on impact recently and got a win over the uh the gcw world champion Matt Cardona, can you imagine? Can you imagine saying that in 2018, Martin? Uh, Zach, yeah. R- Zach Ryder was the GCW world <laughs> champion and had a death match against Nick Gage. I don't know what the hell is happening anymore. I really don't. Oh, I know you could say that about loads of new stories and things this year, don't you? You think about, oh, imagine telling sort of like 2017, 2018 you that this was happening and that was happening and stuff. And yeah, and it's, it's I was, just I was about to say, it's crazy because because then then all out, I mean, all yeah, all in happened like what? six months after this five four months mm. after this yeah yeah so that, that that that's where everything kickstarted man but like we're like wrestling is like really healthy i feel like i feel like it, it's it, it, it and i i would say televised wrestling and some of the, like the independents in the u.s are on the up and up but mm. televised wrestling i think as far as like AEW being around it, it it's it's healthy for them to be around. It really is. Like I, I don't know how people like come to these uh this idea that AEW being around is a bad thing. Like bro, that's like one of the best things to happen as far as like um televised wrestling goes. Like oh definitely. I, I I don't I don't get how anybody could genuinely think that them being around is a bad thing. Like that's that 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 is just like it, it's absurd to like actually think that because if they weren't around, can you imagine like thinking like the talents that would be like stuck like and then like it was it was only legitimately one option you either go into japan or you go into wwe so like i'm, I'm glad that they're around because it's, it's, it's it really is a, a a completely different product and i and a fun product to actually tune into and watch and enjoy um because wwe they the the the, 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 the raw product I, I i get people trying to be optimistic and stuff like that but <laughs> 
No, it ain't happening. That's it. <laughs> it, 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 it ain't happening, man. They 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 had me on SmackDown with with, with Bianca because I was very interested uh, in, in what she was doing, and I'm uh, I'm, I'm interested in seeing what they do with Biggie. I I pray they don't fuck that up. Like I mm. I, I I you know like come on, man. Like Big Biggie ready made. Um, yep. You know the the I, I, for a while. Yeah, I, I, me personally, I know a lot of people not, well, some people not really fans of the uh, Roman Reigns stuff. I do enjoy it, but like, it's like any, anything on Raw is like, it's like, you know, it, it's, it's bad. But the SmackDown stuff, they got some bright spots. But um, yeah, uh, other than that, man, AEW is just a fun product to watch, bro. And like, yeah, the like uh, if you go see the, um, like I mentioned, that IWTV wanted to show. Uh, you know, you a, a bunch of names on there, a handful of names on there that a lot of people should be paying attention to. I know a lot of people are really big on uh, John Gresham. Like, I, it, it, he without question one of the best wrestlers out there right now. Like, mm-hmm. it's not even a question. Um, you look at guys like Lee Moriarty, who, who just had that match on um, uh, AEW Dark with Dante Martin. I wish they had more time. They they did really good for the amount of time that they had. And it, 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 wrestling, wrestling in a good spot right now, bro. It, it might not be like a hundred percent where it should be or where it could be, but like I, I think for as far as um, you know, j- j- just just having some more variety, I, I, I think it's in uh, it's in a, it's in an okay spot right now. Oh yeah, definitely. And if you're sick and tired of sort of like WWE and stuff, there's plenty of stuff to uh, yeah, for to sure. Watch. Yeah, for sure. Um, so. Obviously, um, me and Ben will be back on the uh, second week in September talking that um, Ilya Dragunov and Walter match that Andrew mentioned earlier and also a bunch of stuff that's been going on in Red Pro and the like. And um, Andrew, last plug before we get out of it, you're going to be with WH Park this weekend, if I heard that correctly. Yeah, I'm making my, uh, my, my podcast debut with, with, with the man himself. WH Park. I'm I'm look, I'm genuinely looking forward to this. You will have to find out that um that clip that you were uh, laughing yes. so much about I'm... earlier <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and post that before you uh before you talk to WH. But um obviously huge thanks everyone for listening to the this month. Um all roads lead to postwrestling.com and uh, me and Andrew will be back um uh, this time next month with um another look back at um wrestling's past maybe recent or maybe um even further back thanks for listening and we'll catch you next time